Welcome to Music Raygun. I'm Paul Champanelli, and alongside me is... Kirk Pinchon. Yep, and here's what the show is. On every episode of Music Raygun, we're going to pick a theme, and we'll explore that theme through music videos that we curate. Mostly me. Always you. But Kirk, too. Except this time, all me. This is, like, literally all you. Literally all me, but here's why. Kirk and I... and our friend Katie Willer, who will be a guest on the show. We will force her to be a guest on the show, she likes it or not. Hopefully she'll be the first guest on the show. Uh, we have a, a bunch of times gotten together, and what we'll do is, it's sort of like the germ of this show. Yes. Is I curate, that's such an obnoxious word oh, to but use. It's what but you But I do. compile like playlists of music videos, and then uh, Kirk and Katie come over to my apartment and we watch them. And they're usually based within a certain period of time, so like a certain number of years. I think we did uh, 94 to 90... No, we did 96. We did 91 to 94. We did 88 to 90. 90. That was recent, yeah. But the first time I ever did this, Kirk wasn't a part of it. It was Katie and her boyfriend at the time, Mm -hmm. our other friend, Greg. Hi, Greg, if you're listening. Hi, Greg. to bring this up. But after we did it the Painful first time, memories. after they did it the first, after we did it the first time, uh, Katie and Greg broke up. So, <laughs> so I, it was you know laying all their cards on the table was probably pretty weird. But <laughs> it fine. seemed awkward to have them both over since they were no longer a couple. So uh, Kirk came in, so to I subbed in Greg's spot. Yeah, and uh, so what we're doing for this episode is I'm going to show Kirk some of the videos that. Katie and Greg and I were watched the very first time we did that. Yes. And, and Kirk doesn't know what these videos are. Correct. So this is going to be all new to him. Yes. So we'll jump right in with the first one. Do we want to mention uh, what? our ages? Oh, yeah. We talked about this uh, before the show. <laughs> the big reveal. Because, yeah, uh, we both sort of mentioned how old we were obliquely in the last episode. But I think for context, it matters... So we can talk about like how old we were when we remember this yes. music. So I was, I was born in 1982. I was born in 1970. So I will be uh, 47 uh, yeah. this year, and I'll be 35. Yes. So most of these videos, I will remember. I'm sure there's a few I'll be like, I don't know what yeah. the hell this. I don't is. think I said th- these are the the very first few years of MTV's existence. We're going to be looking at music videos from 1981 to 1983. Yeah. So I was like 11 to 13. And I was not born <laughs> to probably less than one year old. Yes. So I don't remember any of this. Yes. Stuff. And I also don't remember existing when there was no such thing as MTV. Oh, God, yeah, that's true. Did was, you have, I mean, when did you get MTV? Because it was premium cable. It was first, premium so cable. And where I lived in Cleveland, I did not have it mm-hmm. until I was like 13. So you would go over to a friend's house. Yeah. Like, I saw Thriller at a friend's house. Uh, Jeff Matee. I went to Jeff Matee's house. What's up, Jeff? What's up, Jeff? And he's like, hey, man, because Thriller was on, like, every hour. And it was like after school, we just ran home and watched the full-length Thriller. Yeah. And uh, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get uh, MTV till I was, like, 13. And then once, once you got MTV, you just, you know, it's like you're, it's like porn for a kid. You just keep watching. You yeah. just keep watching. Well, we not, we had cable, but I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Really? But I was allowed to watch VH1. So I have like a pretty deep 
bench in terms of like knowing like adult contemporary so music you, want, from you, the saw, early you saw a lot of Michael lot of, Bolton a lot of uh, yeah, Kenny G a lot of Des Ray remember that? oh oh you yeah, got an older it's a great song VH1 played the shit out of that, that so video you weren't a, you weren't watching VH1 when like Rosie O'Donnell was a host Yes. Oh, what was the name of that show? The stand-up, the stand-up comedy, like half hour. But she was also just a VJ. She was a VJ too. She was just a regular VJ on VH1. Do you know who was an early VJ on VH1? Was Moon Zappa. Oh, I love Moon Zappa. But we're getting off track. We're talking about early MTV uh, this episode. So let's look at the first video. This one's actually from 1983. I'm not looking, so I can hear. Well, I'll tell you who it is. This is Tony Basil. Oh, okay. We all know and love Tony Basil. Yes. Um. Who gets called a one-hit wonder, which I guess is technically correct. Technically, but I think she's such an institution. Yeah. Um, well, she's she's even more than a pop star. She's an amazing choreographer mm-hmm. who formed the Lockers, which was like an early breakdancing group. That it was an early, well, it was an early locking group, which yeah. was in the late 70s. So there was a lot of, uh, you'll see it, there's a popping and locking mm-hmm. it's not the stuff you see on the floor it's more dance oriented she was one of the original lockers yeah uh, also in her crew was Fred Berry who was mm-hmm. rerun he was uh, he was one of the lockers yes yeah rerun yes. from what's happening rerun from what's happening and uh, the leader was uh, Don Campbell I believe yeah. his name was well you'll see them in this video. oh in this oh great yes. rerun makes an appearance in this video oh does which he? is if she's a one hit we're talking about Mickey when, if you don't know hey yeah. Mickey you're so funny you're so funny blah, blah, blah. that's a one hit wonder but she's not a one single wonder because this is actually the fourth single from the word of mouth album that Mickey's on. Oh. Um, but it wasn't a hit. It peaked at like number 77 and then kind of went away. But this is great. This is called Shopping from A to Z. Do you know this song? Yes, I do know this. Okay. <laughs> I do know this. <laughs> this song's amazing and the video is amazing. I don't think I've seen the video since it yeah. came out. It's about shopping and it's not like clothes shopping or going to the mall. It's about shopping yeah. at the supermarket. Literally grocery store. So, uh, So let's just watch it. Listen to that early '80s techno. <laughs> she's immediately locking. she's immediately locking, and she's fantastic. Yeah, she's so great looking. There's a guy that looks like Thomas Dolby, but I don't think it's Thomas no. Dolby. <laughs> I mean, she's she's doing ballet moves too, and then she locks. Yeah. I mean, it's half about the dancing. With yes. She's got like a baby locker with her. It's like an eight-year-old kid. And it looks like an infomercial. <laughs> oh, it's so new wavy. And she's doing on point. And it's the lockers are, are playing like the bad boys. And they're all dancing in the supermarket. There's Rerun. That's Rerun. Yep. Uh, pause for a second. And uh, because... Uh, let's try to make this quick. I'm a huge fan of uh, dance movies, and I'm a huge fan of breaking and popping and locking. I mm-hmm. used to do it as a kid. Um, and one of the guys in there, uh, if you're watching this video, you'll see the uh, clerk. Mm-hmm. The guy there, his name is Poppin' Pete. Yeah. And I know that because Poppin' Pete was in Breaking. He played one of the uh, villains. He was I've one of seen, the bad I've seen both Breakins, but I don't yes. have like a... Fluent he was the bad break. He was the evil mean breaker. Him, okay. uh, he was popping Pete, and then the other guy was popping Taco. All right, and they were the evil ones. They were actually better dancers than Shabadoo and Boogaloo Shrimp. Shrimp. 
And they were like, for a while, they were going to be like, oh, maybe we'll cast these two because they're really good dancers, but they couldn't really act. And they, okay. weren't, they didn't have, they didn't really have the it factor that, of course, we know Boogaloo. But they does. weren't, they were still good dancers. They weren't like yes. aging out of. No, not at all. They were yeah. like a big part of the L.A. scene. So I, yeah. th- this is the first time I'm realizing that, that was popular. Were the Lockers popular. from L.A.? Lockers from L.A. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Locking started in L.A. Yeah. Uh, breaking the floor stuff at and, and B-Boying started that's in New York. York. Yeah. Because yeah, that's. Yes, part of hip hop. Yeah, and Don Lock Campbell Campbell Don the Cam, Don Campbell Lock started locking because he was trying to do this uh, dance called the Funky Chicken, yeah. which was really big in the seventies. And I guess I don't really even know what the Funky Chicken is, um, but he couldn't do it. It was too hard <laughs> for him to do. So he was like, "Well, I'm just gonna fucking make up my own dance," and it became yeah. locking, and it became this huge thing. See, that's I didn't know that shit. I so know who the Lockers are. And I've seen like old videos of them, and I know who rerun it, rerun is, the but I don't yeah. know the rest of them by name. So there's the only ones I know. So if you spot any more lockers in the video, you have yeah. to point them out. Shabadoo might have been one of the lockers as well. <laughs> She's like shopping with locking. <laughs> yeah, shopping and locking. Yeah. Oh, they could have called it that. This is just the most fun in the world. Yes. It's just a fun, fun. We're just being wacky. Yeah. I think. And rerun wearing like the ugliest suit you've ever seen. And I think this is rerun post what's happening. Probably if '83 is. is, When did that show go off? Late '70s. It was a late '70s show. I mean, that's so, the thing. Like, it's a cute, peppy song. Yeah. But you couldn't, unless you see the video, you wouldn't know. You'd be like, oh, this is if like... You, if you heard this on the radio, you'd be like, this is like a curious novelty hit. But you'd almost think, like, am I listening to the Dr. Demento show? Like, yeah, exactly. Or like, like, could this be a weird go-go song? And it's just because of her presence as a dancer that makes it special. Yeah, but the, the video... Is, is more than the song, I think, which is why I put it first. Yes, yes. The and song, I'm, I'm yes. not saying that to diminish Tony Basil, who I adore. Yeah. But the video is amazing. Yes. I mean, it's like, so real early corny, days. but it's for real. And it's the like, dancing is great. The dancing is great, and it's like they spent one night in a grocery store in like Van Nuys yeah. or something <laughs> just like overnight like okay we have 12 hours let's just make this before the store opens yeah. are they gonna go to Z they go to Z and you'd think there's an obvious food that they could name for Z and they totally biff it <laughs> like Z is for zucchini right yeah you can do zucchini nope There's a couple other ones too, like D is for dog food. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I got it. Come on. Food. Try a little harder. Here we go. Did you hear it? Did you say zero? Zippers, I think. Zippers? Because, well, first of all, uh, for X, they said nothing, which is funny. That's and also, funny. like, that's kind of cute. Really, there is nothing. But it's like, oh shit, then they get to see and they're like, we can't think of anything. We already wasted nothing on X. Why did we waste nothing? So they go, zippers. And I'm like, zucchini, man. Like, yeah. But zucchini's also called like corgettes or something, right? So I don't know. Maybe. To, <laughs> or was, or I'm thinking like, was zucchini rare in 1983? No, they could have had zucchini there. 
I think they just bailed. Yeah, I think they, they, they really bailed. they just bailed on it. You can't get zippers in a grocery store. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's real dope. That's it's not real a thing. Dope. Oh, now they're back home in yep. studio. Her and this weird, like, sort of newer wave Johnny Rotten looking guy yeah. and an eight year old kid. Yeah, like they're a family, but they're not a family. And she's wearing like an apron. She's got a kerchief around her head. Yes, and like almost like a fifties. And it's mom. like uh, the hottest domestic look you've ever seen. Oh god, that was so old. Yeah. So that one's. Uh, that's how we started with some Tony Basil. It's a good way to start. Who's the best? Um, okay, now this is fun. We're going to hear this song again, but we're going to hear a different version of it. No way. This is not. Technically a music video, but a couple years later, they used this song on the TV show Fame. Let me tell you, I loved Fame growing up. You have to tell me about Fame because I've never seen it. I have an idea of what it is. Did they? Did they always do like versions of pop songs on the show? Was it like Glee in the? 80s? No, it wasn't. Okay, if I remember correctly, in that case, I can't explain this. But they, this is going to be a clip from an episode of Fame from season four. And they're going to do shopping for Season four is... That's pretty late. Yeah. This is like 1985 or six. Oh, my God. We don't have to watch the whole thing, but... Oh, Unisex. Oh, that guy. I think he's from Cleveland. (laughs) I swear, I think he's a Clevelander. That was like a big deal. I'm almost positive that guy's from Portland. So, they're talking... They're doing the song. It's the same lyrics, which... The video from Tony Basil's song is set in a supermarket, but also lyrically, it's about shopping at the supermarket. But in the scene from the show here, they're having like an outdoor garage sale, so yeah. it doesn't make any sense. No, it makes zero sense. But it doesn't um, matter because there's cause lots Nia, of synchronized we're dancing. Not, and Nia Peoples. We're gonna pause for one second. I'm sorry. Okay. Nia Peoples was in the later season of um, Fame, and she is delightful. I had such a crush on Nia Peoples. Oh, yeah, I can see God. that. She's wicked cute. She's wicked cute. What's her character's name? I can't remember. <laughs> I just know her as Nia. Nia Peoples. She later went on to fame as uh, Arsenio Hall's uh, show. Uh, he produced a dance show after it, and she was the host of the dance show after oh, okay. it. Kind of like an American bandstand club and TV type show. Was fame something that you watched like every week? Yeah, it was like <laughs> appointment television for you. <laughs> Oh, that's embarrassing, but yes, it's true. That's not embarrassing. You, uh, would, what? you would have been like, I was like 13, a, 14 years yeah. old. I never saw the movie, so I have no recollection of the movie. I assume, I, I think the movie's a bit darker than... The movie's way darker. Than I know could that. have been a TV show. Yes. And I only saw the TV show because Janet Jackson was on the TV show for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they had a lot of uh, wonderful young people who I was like... And I was like 12 or 13. I'm like, they're so cool. They're like, they have it together. I'm going to be like, (laughs) It's like me when I was watching Saved by the Bell in the early Mm. 90s. That's exactly what it's like. Again, having never seen the movie fame or the TV show fame, I get the sense that the gulf in the tone between them is similar to like Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore (laughs) and and the sitcom (laughs) Alice. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Oh. Is she really singer? Is, is yeah, she could sing too. She came out with an R&B album that went nowhere. And She's got like mini leg warmers on. Yeah, just a great look. Super cute. Purple sweats uh, with the long black hair that's kind of big. And this dude looks kind of like Mark Goodman to me. Yeah, that's TV. the dude that's from Cleveland. Oh, okay, yeah. 
So that's just a little, uh, that's uh, a little fame. I, doing Tony you've, Basil. You've wet my appetite for <laughs> more fame. I'm literally going to go this week, go for, search for some fame. Fame clips? Oh my god. All right. Um, yeah, the next, uh, the next band we're going to look at is MTV Staple, The Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is their very first single from their first album from 1981. This is Never Gonna Cry Again. Do you know, know this one? I might not know this. That's not totally surprising because it wasn't a hit. Yeah. Um, but it might be my favorite Eurythmic song. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I know because I only knew uh, they, when they came out with Sweet Dreams. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is like a I, Annie Lennox at like 27. Oh my God. They both look like babies. And... It's a great example of early MTV, like, weird for the sake of weird videography. Oh, that's, like, all what they did. I love that. Where we're just kind of like, ah, just, like, throw some shit, just whatever. We'll have, like, just random imagery. So uh, let's try to describe the video while we watch it. Um, But this is a great song, and the video's a little bananas, so this is a lot of fun. And it's the entire thing set on a beach. I, yeah, I don't know this at all. This is a great song. The video seems a little silly for how cool. Rage. I don't know if that's just for YouTube. Oh, okay. No, you're right. That's not it. So Annie's floating in the ocean. In a red dress. Wearing a red gown and like long silk gloves. And she has, interesting, she has short hair but not the butch cut. Right, it's short. I don't yeah. know if that's her natural color. I don't, think I don't so. know. She's a redhead. I just remember when Sweet Dreams came out and you saw her with that orange short hair. It was jarring. Yes. Yeah. It was like almost scary. Like, what's well, going on? Well, now it's like classic. Yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And there's Dave. Oh, this is like they're doing everything in reverse. Yeah. And he's, I don't know, he's wearing like a beanie and he's got a quill pen and he's. Yeah, he's writing down what he's, <laughs> he's writing down. Yes. what she's singing, presumably. Yes, and it looks freezing. It yeah. looks like it's so cold in some <laughs> British awful beach. And then there's a weird, uh, a weird dude wearing a crown who's miming playing yes. his flute. It almost looks like which he's is actually be. Annie playing the flute because she is a classically trained flautist. I did not know that. Yeah, it makes me love her even more. She went to school for flute. Oh my god, I know that. And I think it's the only track she ever played flute on. I was just wondering, you'd think she would play more mm-hmm. flute. Oh yeah, it's like the video means nothing. No, the video, yeah. They're just sort of walking on this misty English beach. She does not age. Right? She's not at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was a big thing. I sort of got, I remember videos where they're like, let's have a... A dining have, table yes, on the beach? Yes, there's been more than one 80s video <laughs> where we have a dining table on a beach. Let's drink high tea yeah. from fine china on a windy beach. Very British. <laughs> very 80s and very British. Because it's, it's like very gray, obviously. Yes. It looks like it like could be start pissing down rain any second. Yes, it looks really uncomfortable, this whole yes. video. Yeah. But she looks amazing. Because it's Annie Lennox. Because Annie Lennox. And she can do anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's been around for almost 40 years at this point. Has she ever been anything oh less than God. awesome? That's amazing. Yeah. 
because this is 1981. This, yeah. uh, and she's walking into the ocean, which again, you know is yeah. freezing. Yeah, not good. So, yeah, she came out of the ocean. This weird guy started following her around. Yeah. They had tea at a dining table on the beach. Guy played the flute. Yeah. Then she walked back into the ocean, and now Dave is playing a conch. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. That was like, that's a prime example of 80s. Like, we just need visuals. We just need visuals, and we'll do whatever we want. Well, most videos, part of the challenge of putting these playlists together for that other thing we do outside of the podcast is one of my rules is I don't want to use any video for like a cool song where the video is just like footage of the band performing. Yeah, that was a big thing. Which is cool, but it's it's not as visually interesting. Yeah. Which I would say most music videos early on. Oh, yeah. Like it's just footage of the band miming along to the song. Yep. Um, Which isn't super interesting for the purposes of us watching music videos. And this is sort of like the other thing Yes. Which is just like, just weirdness. Yeah, just strange just, 80s just, weirdness. It's avant-garde. But um, we're going to have an, an example of another common trope a little later, which is just literal interpretation of the lyrics <laughs> yep. in the video. There was that too. It's funny because even though like you look at it now and it looks silly and cheesy, at the time, as a kid, it's scary. Yeah. Like, it's just so weird and it just you never saw it before. You were literally like... Yeah, I'd watch videos late at night. Yeah, you know, because we could, and it's just it would freak you the fuck out. You're like, what is going on? It was like a, almost like a bad nightmare at times. Right, because they're almost, like they're overreaching a little bit in like trying to be artistic. Yes, so it can be pretentious and then come out stupid. But at the same time, it was a new thing to make yeah. music videos, and you can see them figuring it out. Yeah, like, what do you do? <laughs> Yes. For a music video. Yeah, it's unheard of. So no, just make just... a film of the song. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> it can mean anything. And yeah. that's, you can see them finding yourselves. And sometimes it's just... It's yeah. just and also really low budget. Yes, because they're too. getting no money for these. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, the Tony Basil one is great because of its ingenuity yeah. in creating a compelling music video that isn't a literal interpretation of lyrics, but it relates to yes. the song and isn't just random nonsense. Yeah, it isn't just random what the fuck. The Eurythmics one is a little bit random yes. nonsense. But it also kind of works because the Eurythmics are a little bit more of an artistic band, mm-hmm. so it makes a bit more sense. Mm-hmm. This next one, okay, I sent Kirk a list of the artists we were yes. going to look at ahead of time so he could prepare, but I didn't say what songs we were going to listen to. And you told me that this is the only band you've never heard never of. Never heard of this band. This is a group called Gleaming Spires. Yep. I think when you hear the song, you'll recognize it because it's used prominently in The Last American Virgin oh. and especially in Revenge of the Nerds. Okay, then I bet you I know this song. So you'll say, oh, this song. Okay. These guys, it's a it's a, a duo um, who, they were associated with the new wave band Sparks. I know Sparks, yes. Yeah, Sparks is sort of like a... Like a cult popular band. I think a lot of people yes. don't know Sparks. But yeah. they, people who know Weird Al Yankovic I think know Sparks. Yeah. They were yeah. a little they were a little artistic, a yeah. little novelty. Whimsical. But they had a bunch of But they of were albums. early new waves and they've been around yeah. forever. So the two guys in Gleaming Spark uh, Gleaming Spires are Leslie Boehm and David Kendrick and they were sort of recruited into Sparks in the early eighties and they cut a couple demos with Sparks mm-hmm. and then they decided to like cut off on their own. Oh. So Gleaming Spires is kind of like a Sparks spin-off band. Interesting. I never knew this. Yeah. Uh, here's the other interesting about Leslie Boehm. He's now a screenwriter who wrote the movie Dante's Peak. 
So the lead singer of the band we're about to watch it wrote Dante's Peak. That's and then he's done some TV stuff too. Dante's Peak. I yeah. think and his father was like like a TV writer who wrote on like Rawhide oh, for years. Oh, there you go. So yeah. He's, Family business. Yeah. Um, so that's just a bit of trivia about this that's band. That's awesome. And now also, because we were talking about early videos, mm-hmm. it's just people doing batshit stuff yeah. and figuring it out. This video is amazing. <laughs> Uh, you could almost watch this video without the music and it's still compelling for what it is. And then also the song is just this great weirdness. So this is Are You Ready for the Sex Girls? I, I automatically know yeah. this song. <laughs> Are you ready for the sex girls? Have you ever seen this video? I've never seen this video. I know okay. the song. Be- I know this song because of Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Revenge of the Nerds. Which is the scene where they're having their first rap party. Yes, and they're like about to smoke dope. Yeah. So let's describe what we're seeing. It's two guys in a kitchen, both wearing flowery aprons that are orange and pink. And the lead singer is singing the song, but Dave is making cookies. He's uh, yeah, they're baking. They're baking. They're baking. He's rolling out some dough right now. But literally, that's a, all. I mean, he's making this, a pie crust. This could just be a video for pie instruction. This, that's what it is. Yeah. The entire video <laughs> is they're making a pie. We're going to see them make a pie from start to finish. That's that's kind one of brilliant. One of them sings the song while the other one makes a pie. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's really brilliant. Yeah. And it's again, this has nothing to do with the song. No. He's cracking some eggs now. But I'm sure when they thought of this, they're like, yeah, let's do that. That's yeah, that's it's, brilliant. It's fun to watch. And it's, I don't know what the idea behind it is. I want to say like, oh, I don't know. It's about sex girls, but they're just being very domestic and matronly. And isn't that enough? Well, I'm overthinking it. You're overthinking yeah. it. And this, <laughs> this is the first time I've seen this video. Yeah. And I'm getting the vibe of they're like, it's like two guys making pie. They're hearing a song that they like on the radio, and they're just singing together. But it's really about making the pot. I think it's a lemon custard because we saw it him. Looks like uh, a lemon custard. It's a lemon the more I think about it, the video is or a lemon meringue. Lemon meringue. It's the song doesn't matter. What matters is that they're making pot. In terms of the video, yes. yes. But this is also a great song. Yes. And are you ready for the sex show? Which, by the way, me as a um, Grammar Nazi. Yes. It's important to note there's no comma in the song title. So no. he's not asking girls, comma, are you ready for the sex? There are sex girls. Yes. And are you ready yes. for them? There are girls named sex girls. Right. And are yeah. you ready for them because they're going to do something? That's right. It might not be it might not be sex. Maybe they're just gonna bake you a lemon It could be just pie. baking pie. But they're called they're whipping, the sex they're whipping cream now. Just yeah. to keep the listeners updated. And again, if you want to watch these videos, and you do, you should go to musicraygun.com slash playlists and you can watch this madness. And it's not a very good looking pie. That 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 whipped cream is sloppy. <laughs> well, I mean look, they've only got how long is this song? Four minutes and three seconds. <laughs> so they got about a minute left to make this pie. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of figuring out how to make music videos, I think they hit a home run with this. Oh, 100%. Right out of the gate. They, they went with, you know what, it doesn't have to be about the song. Yeah. It can be about anything as long as we're singing the song. Yeah. And I don't know if music videos ever got better than, than Gleaming Spice. 
Are you ready for this extra? Oh, they make some coffee too. You can't have pie without coffee. You have to. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, again, it's all about the pie experience in the video as opposed to sex girls. Yeah. That pie doesn't look too bad. Now it does look good. Oh, okay, it was the meringue. But they did that, like, that uh, food TV show thing. Yes. Like, they had one prepared. They had one prepared so they could bring it out. Are they going to eat it? Is the ending them eating it? No, I think it ends on this shot of just two slices of pie with two cups of coffee and then uh, fade out on that. Wasn't enough time to do it. Enough time. You need a longer song. You needed the extended remix to yeah, yeah, eat yeah. this song. That was amazing. <laughs> that there. And I've always wondered about that song because, you know, uh, Revenge of the Nerds is always on TV. Yes. And I remember always seeing that scene and you're like, what is that song? And you think that the song was made up for the movie. But no, it's a song that they no, bought. That used, it's you know. it's uh, from a few years before the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they used to have... Uh, Revenge of the Nerds on Comedy Central all the time yeah. in the early 2000s. Yeah. And I think that's probably the first time I heard that song. Yeah, that's when I heard it too. Um, do you want to have a sip of your LaCroix before you talk? Why? Am I, do I sound dry? No, but I'm going to try to see if we can get LaCroix to be a sponsor. So I'm just going to mention that we're drinking LaCroix. We're drinking LaCroix. Yeah. I'm drinking a lime LaCroix. Oh, I've got an apricot LaCroix, which is my favorite. Lime is my favorite, and LaCroix is delightful. Send me a case of free apricot um, We're going to bring up LaCroix. <laughs> I'm going to bring up we LaCroix. Have, we, this is our second episode, and we have four listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's how we build LaCroix. Okay, we're going to take a break from music videos for a second because I want to address an issue. <laughs> wow. Uh, which is that I realize that this playlist is extremely white. Yeah. And that's pro- probably because MTV itself was notoriously white early yes. on. They were notoriously did not show videos from many black artists yes. at all. So finding a lot of uh, videos from early MTV from artists of color is difficult. Yes. So if this playlist skews white, that's partly why. But uh, to address that, I want to play this clip of David Bowie in an interview where Mark Goodman from MTV, one of the VJs, one of the original yes. MTV VJs is interviewing David Bowie in 1983. I knew this one. And yep. Bowie... Basically puts mm-hmm. MTV on blast. Yes, that very it's great. So let's this watch some of that. And, and I'd like spot to ask on. you something. I mean, you know, right. um, it, it occurred to me, having watched MTV over the last few months, um, that it's 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 got it's a solid enterprise, but it's got a lot going for it. I'm just floored by the fact that there's so many, so few black artists featured on it. Why is that? I think that we're trying to move in that direction. We want to play artists that seem to be doing music that fits into what we want to play for MTV. There's the, the company is thinking in terms of narrow casting. That's evident. Um, exactly. <laughs> He's like, no doubt. Only yeah. a few black artists that one does see are on about 2.30 in the morning on, uh, to around 6. Very few are featured predominant, no. predominantly during the day. No, that, uh, that's a I'll say that over the last couple of weeks, these things have been changing, but it's, no, uh, it's a I, slow process. I know, it's, it's funny, I think people have different perceptions when you wind up watching, let's say you watch an hour or two or even three a day, people somehow come away with different ideas about what we are doing. We don't have any kind of day parting for anything, mm. let alone a black artist day parted out of what, what would be, quote, prime time. Mm. We don't have that. Because one sees a lot on the on the <laughs> like, Shut up. One <laughs> on, uh, television that I keep picking up. I'm not sure which station it's on. 
But there's a, there seem to be a lot of black artists making very good videos that I'm surprised aren't used on MTV. Well, of course, also we have to try and do what we think not only New York and Los Angeles will appreciate, but also uh, Poughkeepsie or Midwest, pick some town. In the look on Bowie's face. Yeah, Bowie's face is like, so ridiculous. Black faces. That's and black very music. interesting. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> we, have to, uh, we have to play the music that we think an entire country is going to like, and certainly we're a rock and roll station now. The question would be asked, well, should, uh, since we're in New York, should PLJ play, uh, you know, uh, the Isley Brothers? Well, you and I might say, yeah, because we have grown up in an era when the Isley Brothers mean something to me, and so do the Spinners, even way after the Isley Brothers. But what does it mean to a 17-year-old? Well, if you talk on the phones to these guys like I did when I was in radio, it's Well, scary. I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you what maybe the Isley Brothers or Marvin Gaye means to a black 17-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, yes. Uh, I mean, it's remarkable to, like, I almost feel like I'm in trouble. Like, it's David Bowie, <laughs> who is a classic weirdo, mm -hmm. but it feels like Mark Goodman has been called into the principal's office. Oh, yeah. he's being, And rightfully yeah. so. He's being scolded. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't want to blame Mark Goodman, because I don't know how much control the VJs he had over. He yeah. no control. And I almost want to give him credit for how candid he is, like... Yeah, we have a white audience and yeah. they don't want to see black artists. And I think part of the subtext is like, it's premium cable, so it's probably playing to white suburban kids whose family have money, whose families yeah. have money, and that's our audience. Yeah. Is basically what he's saying. And Bowie's shooting daggers yes. at him. Unbelievable daggers. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be su surprised if there's a trickle of piss <laughs> down Goodman's leg <laughs> because it's a little socks. terrifying. And but he's also like I don't want to give him too much credit because he's playing the the company man here. Yeah, yeah. And even though he probably doesn't have any control over what they show, it just sounds yeah, awful. He's it doing it. He's just awful. trying to keep his job. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was true. There was no. There were no videos then. Yeah. Like if you wanted to see R and B videos, you would have to go to BET. Even Did that exist already? BET existed in the mid-80s. So okay. maybe, at least for me, when I got cable. So I got cable in like 83, 84. So maybe around 85 is when I started watching BET. Yeah. And that's where you would get R&B and rap videos because they'd have this uh, show called Video Soul. They have a show called Rap City. Um, and that's where you got it. And it wasn't until MTV, maybe in the late 80s, with Yo! MTV Raps and... Uh, yeah. Club MTV and stuff, you start to get in a little more black artists. Well, the thing that you'll hear or read um, is that Michael Jackson was key to breaking down yep. the barrier, like specifically with the Billie Jean video. Yeah, because you just had to. You had to play it. You yes. could not play it. But the rumor I've heard, and this may be apocryphal, I didn't do my research because I'm not professional. <laughs> this is not a professional show. But the story I've heard is that when you hear Michael Jackson referred to as the king of pop that's like a self-applied nickname yes that he apparently wouldn't let mtv play his videos unless they always referred to him on camera as the king of pop when they introduced his video i heard that story too and i thought that came a little later was that later i think it was later at the time of thriller he wasn't deemed the king of pop okay i definitely think he was deemed the king of pop by bad Maybe bad, definitely um, um, dangerous. Dangerous, because sure. that was like the early '90s, and by then it was like, yeah, I'm the king of pop. So yeah. I, that was definitely the case. Like you couldn't you couldn't play his videos 
for dangerous unless you call him the king of pop. Yeah. But I just wanted to play that clip because when I was looking at the collection of videos I put together, yeah, like, oh, like without realizing it, I was like, wow, this is oh, yeah. a pretty white list of artists. It's an accurate description of what was going on at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to play anything else would have been incorrect because it wasn't on MTV. If we're, if we're saying this is the MTV show. Right, right, right. Yeah, it would be incorrect. Um, but I thought that was important. Yeah. I mean, that interview is sort of infamous, so I yeah. wanted to play that clip. But now let's move on. Since we've addressed... How white the playlist <laughs> We've is. We've covered it. Let's watch some fucking yeah. Huey Lewis in the News. Yes. Which oh. is my first favorite band. Oh, wow. When I was like four years old, my parents had sports because everyone had sports. Yep. That, there's not... Every song on sports, I think, is a single. I mean, like every it's, single... It's, it's like maybe one or two. Maybe like singles. out of like eight songs, one was not released as a single. That said, Sports is not my favorite Huey Lewis album and never nope. was, not nope. even when I was four years old. Picture This is... Because it has better songs on it. Yeah. Picture yeah. This is the album before Sports yes. and had their first big hit, which is the video we're going to watch. Which do you believe in love, love? Which is my favorite Huey Lewis song. Okay, so do you know this video? Yes. Okay. Do you remember how like insane this video is in a certain way? No. Okay. Because I, right now as I'm trying to remember it, I'm remembering it with heart and soul. Okay, well, Which the, is, so I shouldn't be completing those two. We're gonna together. we're gonna watch this video, and the way that Huey Lewis and the news behave in this video is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> okay, I, I cannot wait. All right, this is a great song. Oh yeah, it is. So there's a woman asleep in bed, and Huey Lewis is just standing next to the bed watching her sleep. Yeah. So already, the oh, creep yeah. factor is high. Yes. Oh, he's got great hair. Yeah, he looks like a he looks like an '80s John Hamm. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah. Oh, Paul, you just fucking nailed it. <laughs> does. Yeah. Like poofier hair, but the cleft chin and yes. everything. Yeah. Oh my God. And uh, great harmonies. Great, just an overall great band. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now the rest of the news is in this woman's bedroom. I'm <laughs> just staring at her, singing the song to her while she sleeps. Yes. They're all just crowded around her bed. See, it's, staring at her. Sleep. It's funny. In 2017, creepy as fuck. Yeah. In '83, romantic, adorable, adorable. Like God, they're in love. He's in love, and he's yeah. trying to show his friends. This girl that's sleeping, let's go into her room and look at her. Just, because just watch I, her. Yeah. Because I love her. He does have a great, like, lovelorn look on his face. Yeah, he's sad. This whole thing. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, sad. Yeah. He doesn't know if she believes in love. It's also worth pointing out that, uh, look, I love Huey Lewis and the News. They were my first favorite band. I have such a, like, deep emotional mm-hmm. collect- connection to them. I know people sort of make fun of them, and mm-hmm. I don't know if their music has aged super well, but I can't separate my nostalgia for them for, from... How, uh, yeah, you know it's hard because the nostalgia is wrapped with them, especially for me because like this is like roller skating music for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would come on and you try to grab a girl and hold hands as you rolled around. And... <laughs> no, for me it's literally like sitting around my parents' turntable, <laughs> learning to use it by playing Hulu's and, and all that praise aside. Every single guy in the news is a fucking dork. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Except for Huey, but Huey, his name is and Huey. like and Mario Cipollina, who's like. 
the cool one, but only relatively <laughs> compared to the yeah. rest of the news because he's he's the bass player and he like wears his shades. Yes, and he like was always smoking, and so he's like, but he's cool the way that like Bowser from Shot on Oz. Is cool. Yes, he's putting on a cool facade. Right, right, right. Yes. The rest of them, you got Chris Hayes, the guitar player, who has one of the most bitchin' eighties mullets. Yes, it's so bouncy. Um. And was like, I'm a guitar player. Yeah, like, yeah. he was like, really had that, like, Neil Schoen from Journey. Yes. I'm a fucking guitar. I'm an yeah. axe man. <laughs> and then Bill Gibson on drums, who's like a blonde bargain Max Weinberg. <laughs> yes. And again, if any, if any of the dudes from the news are listening, I fucking love you. We love you. I've loved you for 30 years, my entire life. I'm going to, oh, tell us one sec. Yeah. I'm going to tell a joke okay. that I didn't come up with, but it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> In a play that I did in Chicago, um, this friend of mine, Mike Meredith, hi Mike, um, I think he improvised this line, and I hope uh, I'm saying it right. Um, the, the the play took place in the 90s, and uh, he goes, hey, uh, yeah, I just got Huey Lewis's uh, new solo album called No News is Good News. <laughs> and to me, that is the best fucking <laughs> Huey Lewis in the News joke ever. Sure. I always it, thought that was the best. Of all Huey Lewis yeah, jokes. Right, yes. Which this might be the, the only best. one, but it still makes it the best one. So the, the creepy footage is intercut with footage of the band just which is, performing the song. Which is what you had to do in the 80s. Which another video they shot uses, like they clearly shot it the same day. Oh, They're all yeah, wearing yeah. the same clothes and have the same, like they yeah. shot it on the same set. They did. They knocked two out at once. Well, I know their other single off this was Working for a Living. That might be the one. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good song too. Yeah. This one's more heartfelt. Yeah, this was their first top ten hit. Yeah. Oh my god, this is so good. It is really good. Now oh, my okay. god. Now, oh my god. Now, now they've all gotten into the bed. She's still sleeping. There are three guys from the band on each side of her, and they're all singing the song. They're in bed with her now. Oh, my God. The 80s owed oh, yeah. women Not so much of an apology. Was that romantic in no. 1983? I don't know what that is now. I, I was wrong. Okay. okay, sax solo. This was a time, and we're probably going to have a show about this. Mm-hmm. You had to have a sax solo in your song. Yeah, saxophone was big in the 80s. It was big, it was, and it's go- now it's gone. Yeah. Oh, they're such nerds. Such nerds. <laughs> oh, there he is. It is, yeah. This is Mario Cipollino, the cool one. And I remember being like four years old and watching... Like, we had their concert movie on VHS, and I'd watch the shit out of it. And just be like, oh, that, that guy's cool. That guy's... He's got it. Yeah. He's like the badass. I don't remember that there was like a movie or a concert. And about... Uh, uh, about ten years ago, he got he got uh, arrested for like heroin. So he actually was pretty hardcore. <laughs> oh wow! I did not okay, she's awake now. She's, she's awake. awake, and what's... she's getting out of bed, and they're no longer in the room. Or as she wakes up, they're not in her bedroom. Okay, now she's in the kitchen pouring herself a cup of coffee, and they're all in the kitchen with her, still singing the song, and she's just not acknowledging she's her presence nothing. whatsoever. You know, of course, of course, there's the whole like. They're not really there, but it'd be great if she's just like, no, I'm just ignoring them. They're always there, and I just ignore them because they're awful. She's just so fucking over the yeah. news. She's off the news. Oh, my boyfriend and his fucking band are always just showing up in my apartment oh, and climbing God. into bed with me. So fucking annoying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can't they get a day job? Yeah. That was great. Okay, so um, this next video is interesting. 
uh, or notable mm-hmm. for having been broadcast on the first day of broadcast for MTV. Oh. This was one of the like first 20 videos they ever showed. Wow. And uh, apparently was a staple of those early days, which mm-hmm. I don't remember. I read that it was <laughs> a staple. I'm, I'm sure I wasn't I born yet. I'm not trying to like yes. front like I'm so young. I'm in my mid-30s, yeah. but uh, MTV's an old concern at this we point. We all know the first song that was played, right? Yes, okay. uh, "Video Killed the Radio Star" by Buggles. Thank you, very famously. But we skipped that because it was a little. It's obvious. too obvious. It's yeah. too obvious. Yeah. This is "Looking for Clues" by Robert Palmer. Yes, from my favorite Robert Palmer album, "Clues." This now, is, yeah. When people think of Robert Robert Palmer music videos, there are two very famous MTV staple. Yes. Robert Palmer videos from 86, 87. <clears throat> from the album Riptide. Yeah, first Addicted to Love, yeah. and then and that Simply was, Irresistible. Yeah. Simply Irresistible is from the follow-up album. Was it from the next album? Yes. Okay. But the videos have the similar thing with the mannequin-looking women, yeah. the severe-looking women with the makeup. Yeah, the big lipstick, kind of playing this song. Playing the, and like kind of shuffling while he's wearing like a smart suit. Yeah. Looking awesome. Mm. Those videos are very famous. I'm sure anyone listening yeah, can you've all seen picture them. them. But this is from a few years before, and Robert Palmer does not come off quite as cool looking, (laughs) first of all. And second of all, this is the video I referred to earlier about literal interpretation of the lyrics in every visual element of the song. So this is pretty hilarious. But again, literally from the first day of MTV, they are figuring shit out. Yeah, I mean, right there in the video, it says clues on a bunch of children's boxes. he's, He's playing guitar... And he's walking on top of large children's blocks that spell out the word clues. In the first six seconds of the video. Yes. And he's wearing what look like white boots, like white Doc Martens over sweatpants and a sleeveless white t-shirt. It's not a good look. He doesn't look as cool as he does in the morning. No. His resurrection was much better. Yeah. So let's keep going with this. Oh, this is a great song. Yes. And he's also dancing like a fucking dork. Yeah, just like an idiot. While he plays guitar. I'm not even sure. Does he play guitar? Yeah, I think so. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Great song. First line of the song talks about the sound of a telephone, and he's now chroma keyed in front of a giant telephone. Yes. He said telephone, and we see a telephone. In case you didn't get it. And that the the whole video is gonna go like yeah. that. I'm not gonna pause it every time. Because it would be a six hour podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I love this song. Yeah, it's a great this wasn't a huge hit, but it was a a, a good hit. Yeah. Yeah, now he's singing about my... money and he's standing in front of a giant stack of bills and coins. And it's also you can tell he's like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna dance around a bit. And there's probably a director who's like, I don't know, he said money, so like show some money. Yeah, just that sounds good. Okay, yeah. let's do that. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Oh my god. They sang yeah. about picking up a paper, he picked up a paper. A newspaper, yeah, and he can't believe what he's yeah. He can I listen, Robert Hall was great, but he's not an actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> And also a lot of miming along, like, there's a close-up of a foot playing a kick drum. Yeah. There's a close-up of a hand playing that keyboard vamp on a keyboard. Yes. Literally, everything they're showing means what it means. Yes. It's, 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 it's simultaneously a creative video and also not, like, the least creative. Yes. Thing, like. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's visually interesting. Yes. But again, it just seems like this is... 
they don't know what to do to make a music video. Yeah. Like, the label told them, like, make a music video. Yeah. And they're like, okay, <sighs> we have no format. Yes. Now he is dancing on top of a giant xylophone yes. for the xylophone solo. And I'm sure... Which is a precursor to that scene from Big. Yes. Big Tower still from that. And you know, too, that he was just like... He gave the video to the uh, music company, and they're like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That show it. Sure, that sounds good. Literally, MTV didn't exist yet when they <laughs> shot it. But and we'll then put a somewhere. few hours in <laughs> to MTV's first day, they showed us. Close-up of his hand playing guitar. That's it. <laughs> oh my god So I'm gonna stop it Because we get the idea Yes And also I don't want to listen to the whole song right now Because here's the interesting thing Twist. Twist There is a second video for this song Was it made during this time? Because I do not know about it um, I don't know mm-hmm. I couldn't find information about both videos and I, Again, I didn't, do, I didn't dig too yeah. hard Because no one's paying me to do this So, but Wait a minute Yeah What? <laughs> I get the idea that the one we've already watched was the one that aired on MTV the first day and regularly A because that's the one I right know. now we're looking at the official Robert Palmer Vivo channel on okay. YouTube. Second of all, I found his obituary from when he died in like 2002 or three, mm-hmm. and it mentioned this this video and how he it featured him like frolicking with telephones and shit like that so i figure if it warranted a mention in his obit yeah this was the one that got seen this is the one i saw growing up i would guess that the next one was a redo a because this one is so terrible and he comes across like such a dork yeah if i were him i would be like we're gonna take another swing at this (laughs) we're gonna do another pass at my looking for clues video yeah He's like, that song deserves better. Right. Because in the second one we're about to watch, he's wearing a fucking suit, man. Oh. In, the, in the next one, he looks like the Robert Palmer that you recognize from his famous videos. Okay. That said, it is also crazy <laughs> in its own way. And we're going to have to, again, try to describe what we're looking at when we look at it. So he, there's just a hallway with doors on either side. And we're panning down to a door at the end of the hallway, and Robert Palmer's about to walk out of that door. Oh, yeah, now he's got a nice suit on. Now you recognize him. And he's just going to slowly make his way down the hall for the entire video. He's just going to slowly walk down this hall. But those other doors are going to open. And we're going to have some guests come out of them. Oh, I can't wait. This is... Oh, good. What the fuck? Yeah, okay, so... The first set of doors that he walked past just opened, and a dude wearing a suit and a goofy mask came out of one, and the other one, there's a figure, a woman wearing a wedding dress and a creepy goat mask. Yeah. And it's real creepy and weird. And it's, like, right behind him, and he's not he's not acknowledging it right, in any way. Right, right. And the whole video is going to continue in this vein, where just weirdos are going to come out of all the doors while Palmer wow. just looks cool. You know what? I'm going with what you said. I really do feel like he was like, you know what? I look like a fucking ass. In that <laughs> video. Yeah. Let me put on a nice suit. I'm not gonna jump around. I'm just gonna clap my hands and look pretty cool. Yep. He's not trying to play the guitar. No. He's not dancing. He's just. Because this is how he. 
this was his persona when he kind of made it big again with Riptide and he did yeah. the love. This is kind of how he was acting. He wasn't. You can see. Around. You can see this is the bridge from the original Looking for Clues video to the Addicted to Love. Yes, video. exactly. Except for these weirdos who look like they look like the Marty Grock creeps from the first season of True Detective. Yes. Or. Or like some of the weirdos in that Crispin Glover music video that we oh, watched. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. They're just people in creepy masks, and they're just half dancing, kind of not really being yeah. enthused about stuff. Or it's like that scene in The Shining where he walks past the room, and there's the dude in the in the is it like a bear bear mask? It's a bear mask, yeah. Kind of like that, but I don't think they intended this video to be creepy because it's a real upbeat song. I think it's supposed to be whimsical and cute I, and weird, yes. but it's it's. Way creepier than it is. And cute. The fact that they're trying to make it whimsical makes it creepy. Yeah. And there's just all these people with these creepy masks. And they can't really dance and they're not really trying. And the yeah. fact that they're not really trying makes it really creepy. Right. And they, there's no reason for their existence or explanation. Yeah. So now this video falls into that first category of just like weird for the sake of weird. Yeah. Um, well, it's like they just show images of things. We're yeah. making a video. Just it, put stuff in there. It's like Palmer went, "Hey, that last video, we're too literal. Yeah. We're gonna dial it back, and we're gonna do a complete pivot, right? And do something completely batshit crazy." So, so you get the idea again. Yeah. I actually, uh, I saw Robert Palmer in concert when I was in high school. Did you? Yes, like probably like 1987 or so. And uh, right when Addicted to Love was huge. I think Simply Irresistible was out by then as well. Yeah, yeah I might have been 18. And uh, uh, great concert. And he wore the suit, acted like that. And, <laughs> and in the, of course, you know, he plays Addicted to Love as his closer. Sure. And I turned around and lip-synced to a girl behind me. <laughs> <laughs> the addicted to love. Cool, Kurt. Cool. <laughs> she did not respond, but I would like point to her and kind of mouth addicted to love. Just, just a rando that you just saw. Just a rando I thought show. was really cute. Yeah, had big hair and like a headband because it was so did you. I, yeah. yeah, I had on. Uh, I, I, I saw a picture from your high school yearbook. <laughs> I had the jacket with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah, yeah. And she did. She did not respond in kind. And Robert Palmer. I mean, would he have had that career revival? Without MTV, no, but he wouldn't have had that revival without the power station. Yeah, because uh, Duran Duran was big, and then they're like, "We're going to do some side projects." Yeah, and so he did the power station, which had huge videos, and I think people kind of went, "Oh, Robert Palmer, yeah, he's awesome." And then right after, because it was kind of a second win for him, big like he had, had hits in the seventies, and you wouldn't think yeah. you could market Robert Palmer to like teens watching MTV. Yeah, they're in like. You know, but had, that made him cool. Yeah, and then like the power station came out with Duran Duran, yeah. uh, with the Taylors, and uh, it became big. And everyone's like, "Oh, Robert Palmer can sing; he's good." And then yeah. he came out with Riptide, and it was just yeah, huge. And again, that made him cool. These videos we no. just watched, <laughs> no, these did not make him cool. I don't think made him cool, but they did get him on MTV really early on. Yes. so they laid he, the groundwork. He's got that going for him. So those are important to watch. Okay, uh, let's talk about one of my all-time favorite bands. We've talked about them before, not on the podcast, yes. but just in, in our past. In our personal life. Uh, we're going to watch a Bangles music video. And I don't know this one either. Yeah. This is from 1982. So yeah, this there's is no way a few years before they were big. This is um, from their self-titled EP in 1982. I've talked to you a little bit about the Bangles before. Yes. The history of the Bangles is interesting because in their early years... They were an L.A. band, and they were part of this sort of loose collective of bands who were, like, all friends, and they all played a similar sort of, like, 
60s kind of birds inspired mm-hmm. jangly guitar pop and they were called the paisley underground which uh michael corsio from a band called the three o'clock which was one of those the bands in the paisley underground yes that's like tongue-in-cheek in an interview yeah. called them that and then the music press just sort of ran with it yeah they're like oh that's what they're called and that's yeah. what they'll but be he, but he like hates you know they're kind of, of like oh, we meant that as a joke yeah so it's one of those things but there were only a handful of bands it was the bangles uh the three o'clock the green on red the long riders and how like, do you know this is so before your time because even when they came out i mean i was i would never have heard them because it was like 11 or 12. i mean that this kind of like power pop is yeah. really like just hits the pleasure centers of my brain but like, you didn't have like an older sibling or cousin that kind of got no, you my older you. sibling has the shittiest taste <laughs> <laughs> my brother David oh, David if you're out there we do not share music taste <laughs> sorry David <laughs> uh, yeah he's been to almost 100 Dave Matthews band concerts that's, oh that just explains everything so, yeah that explains a lot uh, sorry to any Dave Matthews fans <laughs> who are listening I'm not yeah neither am I but uh, so this is from like when the Bangles were still and also their original name was not the Bangles they were originally called the Bangs I didn't know that either yeah. their first single was released under that name but then they changed their name um, in time for this first EP to the Bangles. Did they give a reason? They're just like, eh, it just became. I don't know the reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Bangs was too suggestive, or maybe yeah. there was already another band called the Bangs, mm-hmm. or maybe it sounded too punk rock. I could see that. But you will see both in the way this song sounds and the way the video looks, they're still in this, like, this is a 60s throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with the singles from their first album, they start to, like, in the videos, they start to be, like, more made up and more, like, poppy. Uh, yeah. And then by the time you get to Walk Like an Egyptian, they've got the big hair. Oh, they yeah. look like a hair metal band. Oh, they don't yeah. sound like it. No. But they look like poison in yeah. there. Not to say that they're not amazingly hot in that video. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Bengals are super hot. But, um, but this is when they're still doing that 60s kind of Paisley thing. The other interesting thing, since our first episode was about Prince, mm. we have to mention... Yes. Prince... Famously, his his studio is called the Paisley, Paisley Park, Park Studios. Park Studios. Yep. He was a big fan of the Paisley Underground, and that's you mentioned what, this I, I did not I told know this. You yeah. know this. I did not. Know this. I knew something about. Prince. I know. Uh, that's sort. That's where he got the name. Yes, and also he famously gave the song "Manic Monday" to the Bengals. Yes, he gave it to the Bengals and wrote it under the name Christopher Tracy. Did it? Yes. Okay. Which, of course, is this character's name in. Under the Cherry Moon. Ah, the mediocre movie that you like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have put it better. <laughs> hey, even you couldn't. Even you couldn't cross no, the couldn't. graffiti bridge. I really couldn't cross over that. Uh, uh, you have to listen to the first episode to know exactly. So what go listen to that because it's good. Um, so yeah, this is Susanna Hoffs looks great in this, but she's got like she's got like a Paul McCartney mop top, and you'll see she's doing that like head waggle that Paul McCartney would always do. Really? On the Ed Sullivan Show. Um, Debbie and Vicky look great, but also the bass player um, is not Michael Steele because she wasn't in the band yet. Oh, really? This, they, originally they were a trio. They recorded their first single as a trio. Mm-hmm. They are now currently in 2017 a trio again because Michael Steele quit the she, band. Oh, wow! Um, I, I think they're still like friendly with her. It yeah, wasn't, just, it wasn't negative, yeah. but j- just for the EP. Uh, they had uh, this girl Annette play bass and then she quit immediately after they recorded this EP oh, but she's in this video oh cool but she, she's, she's not in it as much as the other three of course the, the, the camera doesn't linger on her much and she has no mic in front of her like Debbie and Vicky sing uh, harmonies yeah and, and Annette's like barely there 
But this is uh, I, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love this. Oh, it's like even set up as like a '60s like Ed, Ed Sullivan, Sullivan, but more yeah. Right? Oh my God. She looks like a baby. Yeah, they all look really young. They, they're very '60s mod. Like yep. it's very 1967. Almost like Austin Powers. Like, yeah, the song has got it. that vibe too. Very jangly. This is how the bangle sounded in the early. In the early I, had, I mean, talk about that's a big change. Yeah. And again, I mean, I love every version of the bangles. Yeah. But this early stuff is my favorite. And you kind of get the sense, like I've read interviews with Suzanne Hoffs, where she's like, like they still play these songs, and they're like, this is kind of this is what we were. Like this yeah. was the most authentic version of the Bengals. Yeah. And then as they got more popular, they kind of gave like this is a long way away from Eternal Flame. Oh yeah, I mean a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. walk walk like Egyptian. I, if I remember correctly, doesn't even have a, a real drums in it. Yeah, it's all programmed. Wow. So this is, I mean, this is like the real Bengals. Yeah. This is the Paisley Underground Bengals. Where like the bands would just, they'd get together and like have barbecues together on weekends. And they were like all like best friends hanging around LA and playing like LA clubs and playing this sort of 60s throwback music. Yeah. I mean, even if, even if it doesn't necessarily sound like them, that harmonizing is so very Bengals. Yes. And like Susanna's playing a Rick and Baca guitar just like Lennon. Oh, really? Yeah. Vicky's got a strat, so that's a little... Okay, and there's the bassist... There's Annette, who was in the band for two minutes, but wow. she's, she's in this video. They even did a thing where the video started in black and white, and I don't know if you noticed when it transitioned to color. No, I didn't. But it's very sad. But she looks like McCartney. She's acting like McCartney. Yeah, she does that little head thing that yeah. I just see. And Vicky's really fucking selling it. Oh, yeah, she's working it. Yeah. I love watching Debbie play drums. Yeah, too. she's great. She's awesome, and she's—I mean, she's the best singer in the band. Well, that's why I remember reading a uh, uh, a Rolling Stone article when the band was, became big with Walk Like an Egyptian. Yeah, and they were and talking to her. She's like, "Yeah, Walk Like Egyptian's our biggest hit. I had nothing to do with it." Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was that. That was a blast from our past. I didn't even know about. Right. I love that song so much and that video so much. And uh, we've been uh, dancing around going to see Suzanne Hoffs a little bit. A couple of times, yes. She plays at uh, Largo in, in West Hollywood like every few months. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of artists who will like go and play there and yeah. regularly, and she's one of them. Uh, but also the, the Bengals did like a weekend at the Whiskey A Go-Go a couple months ago that I wanted to go to. And like, you were away, and then I had I something away, come yeah. up, and yeah. we couldn't make it, but... Well, we were almost going to see, okay, which we can now, uh, Hollow Notes and Tears for Fears, which could have been perfect yes. in this. The, the week that we're recording this, that tour was announced, oh, Hollow Notes God. and Tears for Fears touring together, which is kind of a weird combination. So they're, they're, they're in different camps. Yeah. They're completely different oh, camps. I love both of those bands. Love both. They're both duos from the 80s. Yes, that's really, that's really, really all they have in it's common. It's really all they have in common. But they're both great. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't need to tell anybody that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, so we've got one more to watch. One more, okay. Oh, I did ha- get an artist of color in here. <laughs> you found? Yes. You and, found. We, and we had the lockers in the first video. Yes. That's really all the representation uh, here, yeah. so I apologize for that. We'll do better. Yeah. MTV well, will do better. MTV will get better. Yes. Uh, but this is a favorite artist of, of both of ours. Yes. And we're going to go on, on a real mellow <laughs> yeah. note here. We're going to go on real smooth. This is Al Jarreau. 
R.I.P. Like right in the peak of transitioning from like real jazzy kind mm-hmm. of jazz vocal to real smooth. Like this video looks and this song sounds like the dentist's office. <laughs> it is, and this is my f- this is my favorite Aljro song. But is it really? Is, it's not my favorite. Okay, uh, but uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, but it's um, it's the kind of smooth jazz that melts my heart. Okay, yeah, sure, I can see that. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this is morning. This is the video from Morning I'm, from 1983. Do you know this video? I have so much to say about all of this, yes. Okay, I think I even, like, we yes. watched this at work once. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned that we used to work together. Yes, we used to. know each other. But, um, so, yeah, this is just all pastel everything. Yes, <laughs> it's video. it's uh, it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a Disney Al cartoon. chroma keyed in front of... Yes. A car, it, yeah, like almost like a Disney style animated, yes, in a wonderful gray and pink sweater. Yeah, and I guess the best chroma key you could get in 1983. I mean, this must have taken. I mean, it, this is all handmade cartoons, and it's not it's not found cartoons, so it, it probably took a while. So, but this is just like video and audio Zoloft. Yes, like it's, <laughs> it's and he's he's got a pink and gray sweater with the sleeves rolled up and the collar popped. And which is white pants and white shoes. And it's great. Yes. Um, much to say about this. First of all, I know this video because uh, it, A, uh, back before videos were really big, I saw videos at amusement parks. Um, and it was this thing that they did, <clears throat> excuse me for a while, at this place called Jaga Lake, which was a, it's not like a Six Flags in Cleveland. And because uh, the lines were so long, they had video camera, video, a TV's, uh, TVs planted through the while line. you waited to get in the ride. And they showed like the same six videos. <laughs> one of them was morning. One of them was um, that almost seems calculated to like keep people calm while they <laughs> waited. Them in line. Yeah. Yes. And then um, I have seen Eldro in concert twice. That's lucky. I mean, again, as of <clears throat> recording this episode, Eldro just died less than a month ago. Yes. And he was one of those artists who I was always kind of like in a real vague, non-committal way, like oh, I'd love to see Eldro if he ever comes around. And I never, I never yeah. got to see him. I saw him uh, with my folks when I was young, maybe like sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. And then I saw him again when I was like nineteen. Um, <clears throat> both times, great. Yeah. Just great. Uh, he started out late. Like he didn't like become big. And this is only his second album. He's got another album before this. We got by. Uh, no, he's got to have a few before. Well, this. The, the pop ones. Like, okay. the, like uh, We're In This Love Together was on the album before this, which was his big breakthrough. And he was like 40 when that happened. Sure, yeah. He was really old when he, like, uh, real old. I'm seven years older than I'm. Uh, <laughs> when he yeah, broke out. Yeah, also not starting a pop career. <laughs> yeah. I should have. Um, you could. <laughs> I still you could. could sing like Al I could sing. Now he's, da- he's dancing with, like, sentient. He's just walking around this cartoon town. It's like Toontown from yes. Roger Rabbit. And just There are sentient fire hydrants and mailboxes, and he's just happy. Yes. And, and he's a dork. Yes. Like, he was like a cool kind of jazz singer in the 70s, and he transitioned into this... Yeah, a little bit. Real inoffensive sort of nerd. And he... The thing is, though, it, it seems... And I hate to use this word. It seems authentic with him. Like, yes. Like, he's very, like, I'm not selling out and, and faking this being happy. I'm just happy. Yeah, I don't think he was ever, like, genuinely a cool dude. No. He's just kind of like, you know, you're... 
your uncle or something. Yes. He's very avuncular. By the way, I have this album on CD and on album. <laughs> well, I got into Al Jarreau the same way my parents did. They got into him in 1975 or 6 when he was the musical guest on an episode of Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes. And he did the song We Got By yes. from album of the same name, I think. Yes. And they, he was just so awesome that they like went out and bought that album mm. and just dug him. And I think they might, they don't like this sort of music. So once he got sort of like soft, yeah, soft rock, they fell off on him. But a little over 10 years ago when they started putting SNL out on DVD, my parents got me the box set of the first season. Mm-hmm. And they kept all the musical performances on the DVD oh, wow. release, which I don't. When you watch it on streaming, I don't think they have all those. I don't think they do either. But they were on the DVDs, and I the same thing happened to me. I saw Al Jarreau on whatever episode he was on. I was like, that's yeah, he was so awesome, so great. But that was more like jazz than this. Yes, yes, he was definitely the jazz vocalist who yes. would do those little riffs and the scat sounds. Yes, and... this is this is very much dentist office. Music. Oh yes, this is much. And I don't say that hatefully. I for, no. as far as dentist office music goes, it doesn't get any better than this. That's what I want to hear. But I mean, I, I still play like no joke. I played this album. This is the first cut off of that album. Yeah, three weeks ago. <laughs> Three sure. weeks ago, I heard this song. Yeah, yeah. Stuck in traffic in LA, oh, like this will keep great. you calm, makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm not saying this as a bit or anything. I'm happy listening to this. It yeah. Like fills me with joy, which is why I listen to it all the time. And the video's real cute, and it's like it's it's almost like Sesame Street. Like go to you know go to musicraygun.com/slash/playlist and watch watch this. Yes, I'm just remembering. Uh, he played this video in concert. He didn't sing the song. Really? He showed the video. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play it. He just, like, a big screen came yeah. down and the video played. This is like the, yeah. Oh, my God. I totally remember that. Yeah. There's literally a bluebird of happiness <laughs> on his shoulder. Yep. And he, yep. Ugh. You can't be sad. You, yeah, you can't that. be sad listening to this or watching this. Well, there is some Cheerios product placement that I don't appreciate, but he sings about Cheerios. He sings about morning Mr. Cheerios, so I think maybe they're like, okay, that's fine. Show an animated box of Cheerios. I mean, Paul, you could have not found a better song to end on. Yeah. Ended on a happy note. Ended on happy, which is we all all should end on happy. Yes. So R.I.P. Al Jarreau. Yes. Um, But he was a beautiful man who made beautiful music and never did nobody no harm, no how. Nope. Uh, So that'll be it for uh, this episode of Music Raygun. Yes. Do you remember your social media this time? If we direct yes, um, as, as I finish my LaCroix, yeah. um, uh, you can uh, reach me at Twitter at I Wish I Like Flan. Mm-hmm. Anything else? You're not on Snapchat, Kurt? I'm not, I don't get Snapchat. Okay. I haven't figured it out yet. I am on Instagram, uh, Kirk underscore Pinchon. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, Kirk underscore Pinchon. And I'm at Paul Champanelli, no underscores, on all social media. So find me there, and uh, until next episode, we're done. We're done. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye.